Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And I'm Kyle. And thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah. It's Monday again. Well, not now, but it will be when you, you listen to this. really need to quit reminding people that it's Monday. Yeah, that's true. Monday is legitimately <laughs> one of the most depressing days of the week. Along with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. Well, so. Well, now that we've established that. Now that we got that out of the way, thanks for hanging out with us, Hollow Cult. That's going to be a thing now. I'm just going to yeah. start calling you all the Hollow Cult because That's cool. it's got a nice ring to it. It does. It does. It really does. And since I was a young kid, I always wanted to be the leader of a cult, so just kind of making it happen. Right. We're just going to roll with it. We were supposed I've to I've always be... wanted to be a member of a cult. Well, then it works out. It's it's We're both fulfilling our dreams. <laughs> 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 we're supposed to be recording, like, hammering down, but instead we've been designing... Tag team wrestling belts. Yeah. Yeah. That we're going to get made because you know what? This is our simulation and timeline. We're going to make it That's our true. best. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a byproduct of us living our best life. Yeah. And you, know, you can't be mad at that. When we get the belts made and we start taking them to conventions and podcast shit, we are legally bound by contract in the Bible. That we have to defend those belts. Any, I mean, any challengers. I mean, it's gonna be bad for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, did you not see that video I sent you of the two bros, like the monster bros that I sent you that time? Yeah. And I, like, if I, I wouldn't fuck with us. I'll, I will do a moonsault. Good. And I like, I'm a big guy. You don't want to be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I'm just... I'll, I'll. Definitely throw my back out. And I'm just gonna stand there and go, What? <laughs> I'm yeah. Stone Cold reference. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah. get get ready for that. It's happening. But we just thought we'd share that exciting news with you because How many how many people do you think at this point have just turned turned the show off? Probably a lot. We'll probably get an email being like, We're be, be, be. You didn't, you didn't do your research on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it was all wrong. Yeah. I mean, if they don't like it, I hope they do shut the show off. <laughs> Anyways, on to brighter yeah. notes. This is not the Hollow Sky Airport. You don't have to announce your departure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting through. Kyle, Kyle's got an episode put together here. Um, oh, man, is it a doozy. I wasn't super excited. I mean, I, I mean, I was, but not as excited as I stumbled onto the last story that I have on this show, and then I got really fucking excited. So it seems like, per everything with this show, it's there's a lot of I hate using the term synchronicities because everybody uses. Just make it. up a new one. <clears throat> Synchronicity. So, Kyle was doing his research on these. Demonic encounters, and then at the same time, I didn't know he was doing it. I started doing uh, research on uh, an exorcism case, which kind of goes hand in hand, right? And my Amazon Prime starts popping up all these exorcism documentaries, and uh, my YouTube is just uh, all these accounts of exorcisms and shit, and it's just like, well, and then and then the, the devil is everywhere. Yeah, and then the lady made the comment that we were. Well, she agreed with the comment from Tony that we were Satanists. Satanists, because we do the metal sign. Yeah, and that's that's super 
secret Satanist hand signals to other Satanists to let them know that we're secret Satanists. So I'm so, doing it right now. So now it's we secret. just got kicked out of every secret club because we just told them that Damn we were it. in a secret club. Damn it. But anywho, Shucks. check us out at all social medias where you can see our secret Satanist hand signals. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, and Reddit. And come and hang out with us. And then you can do secret Satanist hand signals back. Oh, and, and on top of that, since we're going down this utterly absurd rabbit hole, I have a new... Uh, I, mean, I think me and Steve are, are... We usually subtly do this amongst ourselves, but since we have a community now, I think we should all partake in this. Me and Steve are collectively bringing back grade school comebacks. Yeah, you, and and name calling. <clears throat> yep, people are overthinking it. They're making yeah. it too. They're making it too vulgar. They're yeah. making it too personal. Vulgar. Just ironic yeah. word. We're not. We're we're not that show. No. Just start calling people nerds. <laughs> or dork. Losers. Like nothing hits. Like you you could call me the most vile, vile name in the book, it and it will not. You. Sting the way someone walks up to me and just says, You nerd. <laughs> Fucking nerd. It's so funny. It never gets old. It never gets old. It just hits. It, just it hits. never gets old. It is so funny. We were dying laughing the other day. Just, just call each other nerds and dorks. It is. It's dweeb. Oh, dude. It's so funny. So start doing that. <laughs> it brings joy. First member of the Hollow Cult. First first action is bring back <laughs> bring back nerds. Oh, it's so good. But if you have uh wow, man, my brain is way off. If you Fried. have a paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with the show, Kyle has a bunch of information. Oh, I'm gonna help him out with this. If you'd like if you have an encounter that you think is long enough to uh turn into an interview. Shoot us an email at holoskyinterviews at gmail.com. Give us a little rundown of what you're experiencing. Kind of just give us some some bullet notes we can look through, and then we will get back to you once we get a good schedule set up, and we will set up an interview that we will be posting to our Patreon. Yeah, that's and, something that I want. I've, I've been re... Because I've had a couple people on Instagram reach out about the interview section, and I, I just keep reiterating that section of it because I'm like, hey, that sounds like an awesome story. I just want to let you know it's going on these the Patreon. are going on Patreon. We're creating two separate shows here. So if that does sway you, I I completely understand. I get it. You know, I, I completely understand. Word. It's just that this is the path that we're 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 going down for now. This is where we're at. So if it does sway you, I, I understand you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. If it does sway you, you can send it just to our regular email, which yeah. Kyle has all the di- all yeah. the details for. Perfect, perfect lead-in. Perfect lead-in. Right. Which is going to be Podcast at gmail.com, the email that you all know and love. Uh, you can also call the Holophone, which unfortunately is probably going to be put on Patreon as well, but that's going to be 1618 556 Leave us a voicemail, a text message, a picture, a video, whatever you got. Keep it weird. Um, yeah, and I hope to um, uh, hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
If you'd like to support the show, again, we have Patreon. You can go over there and check that out. See if there's any tiers you're interested in. Sign up. Get a bunch of free content. Extra content. Well, not free content because you're signing up for the Patreon. But a bunch of extra content. Uh, all kinds of stuff over there. I think we got over 30, 35 episodes over there. Um, we got a Venmo if you'd like to throw some money in the monster account. That'd be dope. Best thing you could do is word of mouth us. Share the show. Post it around, throw our names out, put some stickers up, whatever whatever you got going on, just get our name out there. You can also go to wherever you uh, <clears throat> listen to podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps us kind of, the what's Randy Savage say, the cream, cream rises at the top, helps, helps get our cream to the top. I thought he was into Slim Jims. Well, and cocaine, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, just share share our show. Give us a five star rating and review, and we will. If I find it, we will definitely shout you out. Oh this God. one, I just picture him snorting a line off a Slim Jim. Solid. That's so good. Two of my favorite things. If you haven't noticed, I like to laugh. Comedy is a big part of me and Steve's life. <laughs> we, we are nerds. We, but I told Steve just a minute ago. This is this is the jump. Like this is to take accountability. For my nerd shit. For like the past month and a half, I shit you not. I have binged over 60 hours of a D&D podcast. <laughs> nerd it, shit. It, it is a big part of his life right now. It is. And it, it makes me laugh. That's why I enjoy it so much. It is so funny. That's all that matters. It's called Dungeon and Daddies if anybody wants to give her a go. <laughs> yep. Hilarious. Peep it. Peep it with your ears. It's hilarious. Uh, you can always submit a five star through our website, hollowskypodcast.com. I don't know. Hollowsky.com. I don't know. But anyway, Google this one, it. Just this one is from us. there. It's from our friend Ted. It says five stars. I got hooked on your podcast roughly about a year ago thanks to Tony Merkel's podcast at Confessionals. Love the frequency of your podcast and the variety of topics, especially the length and the caliber. Mostly the theme and the unwavering discipline you both invest in your investigative skills and beliefs. It appeals to me and sets your show apart from the saturated world of podcasting. And without saying your podcast is set aside from the saturated world of podcasts that are more du jour style and individually stock focused. You truly have a wonderful podcast slash show and your dedication and hard work shines through. Love you guys. You both have a listener that will be forever loyal. Yours truly, Ted Belleville, Ontario, Canada, the North American Sasquatch Journals. Well, dang, man. Ted, we just, needed to hear that today. You just hit me right in the feels. Yeah, because apparently other people don't think we do good research. I was going to say, this is a way, yeah. like it was a night and day. But we're not going to be petty and bring it up again. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. This is about this is about the positivity. Yeah, positivity. So That's thanks right. You, thank you, Ted. And tell us, hit us back on this North American Sasquatch journals, because if you got some Sasquatch uh, info and experience... I mean, I know two guys that want to talk to you, Ted. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you're that is, that's pretty much an open invitation, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Open invitation. So. And that goes for any content creators that are out there. Yeah, or any, wanna, anybody that's seen a Bigfoot. You want to hang out and talk weird shit? Let's go. Let's get Let's it. Let's go. Our experience of the day is a response from one we had a couple shows ago from our uh, friend Gemma. Gemma Jane. She's on the Discord. Uh, she answered some of the questions we threw out, so I'm going to read that. It says, hi, guys. Uh, Jimma here again. Thanks for reading my dream submission. I thought I'd follow up on the questions that you ask. How do I interpret the dreams? First off, 
I've never read a dream interpretation book, so my symbology may be specific only to me. All the meanings of the dreams are delivered with the dream. I write each dream down after I wake up, and, I, and usually within just a few minutes or a few hours at most, the meaning is there in my head. I also write down mm. the interpretation. It's my belief that dreams and meetings are a gift from a higher power and are meant to help me further along my spiritual path, which leads to the second question you ask. Why do I think the dreams are fewer and farther between? I think it's because of the years have passed since 2009 when the dreams started. I have progressed closer to what my end goal uh, is for this lifetime, to value genuine relationships while also having the ability to see the true nature of a relationship. For example, many of my dreams involve houses with rotten foundations, or floors that are unstable and dangerous. The meaning in this is that relationships must be built on a firm, solid foundation or they will crumble and fail. Ultimately, my path and goal is to be the best person I can be in this lifetime and to recognize the value in every human being that I meet, to move forward into whatever path my next lifetime holds, always progressing forward. I have more experiences that I'll write down that I'll write in about later, entities in my house, cleansing a house of evil spirits, and a possible UFO sighting. Thanks, y'all, again for sharing my dreams <clears throat> and giving me space to share them. Peace and namaste, Jim and Jane. Man, we just went two for two. Dude, I... That was like an inspirational, I fuck with it. Dude, yes, I was going to say that. Uh, first <laughs> off, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of answer our questions, because I know every every experience we get, we throw out questions. Yeah. And I love when people take the time to respond to respond to our questions. And second, everything about this is so solid to me. Same. Like the way that the that your interpretations are personal to you, I fuck with that 100%. Same. And the fact like you you put it all together toward being like a better game? a better person. Like I loved that response. I almost stopped you because I loved it so much yeah. when she was like, I think they're getting few and far between because I'm reaching like I'm reaching my potential. I'm reaching where I'm supposed to yes. be. And I'm like, like I literally wanted to just jump up and just scream like, oh, I fuck with this. Because yes. um, that's that's where I'm at. Oh, like, it's so good. If you're not consciously trying to be a better person, what the fuck are you doing? That's right. And there there was, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. That's that's where I'm at with that. Like, yeah. Me and Kyle had a conversation a while ago about uh, people being so... Meanies so negative in everything that they do like you need to reevaluate your life well look what kind at, of shit do you have going on that you have to project all this negativity yep. all the time and once you and just that, reevaluate that day you told me that like that 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 rung so different than like because a lot of people like you know if somebody talks shit to you or or is out of line with you a lot of people you know they basically just have a normal people response they're like well fuck them you know they're stupid you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll DDT them or or whatever the case may be. In in hindsight, you know, you were like, you know, what all is so wrong in that person's life that they feel it necessary to go that far out of their way to make you have a shitty day? Yeah, yeah. That's whenever it's not even concrete. I would understand if we're talking in facts or if we're talking in in truths and and everything else. But whenever. It's in these mundane things, these things that are more opinion based or or possibility based, and then you feel like you have the one hundred percent knowledge, and you're going to attack me. You're going to attack me. You're not going to suggest. You're going to attack. Yeah, I think Steve's right. I think you have a lot of shit going on upstairs, and you're just trying to bring everybody else down yeah. to where you're at. Nine times out of ten, it's shit that doesn't matter. Right. Like 
Just reevaluate. Yeah, yeah. Do what Jim is doing. Yeah, be nice. Try to be a better person. It's so much funner to be nice and to laugh all the time instead of being sad. Not be miserable. Right. Run yourself over the lawnmower. Like, who wants to do that? Not me. I don't don't like mowing at all. (laughs) Period. (laughs) But anyway, thanks for reaching out again, Gemma. Loved it. Excellent positive email. Oh, dude, fantastic. Needed those two. Needed the review and the email today. Those hit hit the spot. And if you... Uh, that makes me want to go listen to Kid Rock. Well, we already did that. I know. I'm so going to do it again. If Jimma definitely hit us back with your house cleansing, uh, the evil spirits in the UFO case, we're all about it. We want to talk about it. For sure. And again, if anybody else has any, wants to send in their experiences, rewind back about five minutes and you'll figure out how to do it. Yep. So, on to the demons. All right. Yeah, I you, I really don't know why I went down this road. I'm extremely happy that I did right now. Um, it's weird that we both were kind of getting into that at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it is really without, weird. Without knowing, essentially. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times, like Steve said, we don't talk about what we're writing about. That way it's just kind of fresh and it's just kind of how we do things. Uh, but, but I had just got done uh, butchering certain aspects of, of my life. And I decided to pick a new topic to write about. And, <laughs> and so I just, uh, I don't know why I just went with these demon encounters. I found these books by, uh, Conrad Bauer and the really good books. I picked a couple stories from this one. It's just called demon encounters and our demonic encounters. Sorry. Da- demonic encounters by Conrad Bauer. And I picked a couple out of there because I, you know, I want to promote this guy and in, in his literature and the stories and, and research that he's able to collect. So I, we're going to talk about a couple of the, the cases in in his book here, and hopefully it'll entice some of you to go check him out because the stories that I've p- picked, and there's I think there's four of I don't know uh, ten or so. Man, they are fucked. So <laughs> I'm sold. I'm about to. Oh, it dude, it's it's good. So the first one here is based around a specific demon that likes to make contact through the Ouija board. And I know a lot of you have heard this this being's name, which I am going to go ahead and say. In Close your ears. At first, it seems, with this said entity, it usually starts out as like this benign, friendly being, right? But no matter what, it always ends up taking the sinister turn. Apparently, which... Let's let's not sugarcoat this. In speaking, any demonic name is considered by almost everyone dangerous, right? We are fucked, right? But it, isn't that like the general consensus? Like even saying, yeah, you're acknowledging any of you're them, acknowledging. right? Exactly. This particular being is Zozo. So some people believe that this entity could be, uh, Pazuzu, Pazuzu. Yeah, that's right. The demon king of a Mesopotamia lore. The interest in this particular being picked up around 2009 following the account of a man named Darren Evans. Darren claims that when he made this connection through a Ouija board, this being followed him around for many, many years. And that it also took on different forms. It doesn't really get into specifics, at least in in this account. I'm sure if you got this guy's book, it might go into what it actually means with different forms 
But anyways, back to Darren's story. Apparently back in the 1980s, Darren was going through some hard times. And he decided, which, you know, obviously is a really responsible and logical idea, but he starts he starts researching and looking at the paranormal for answers in the voids in his life, which just seems like a, I was being sarcastic. It seems like a recipe for disaster. In my opinion, if you're not in the, in the right state of mind, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like if you're all just negatively driven and vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it leaves the door open for some leeches, so to speak. Yeah. Leeches is a good, a good term. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one day... Energy vampires. There you go. They, I, I fuck with it. One day, he was at his girlfriend's house, and he finds this Ouija board underneath a crawl space. And at, at this point, because he was looking into the paranormal for answers, he assumed that this Ouija board was fated to him. And I'm assuming the, the crawl space must have hit like an unfinished floor or, or because it says that he, he found a little bit of it protruding through the dirt. And then in each corner of the board were four glass jars. And inside each of these glass jars, there were fully preserved dead blackbirds. And he didn't, he didn't really know. He just, I guess thought it was weird, but later on he kind of wondered if that was some type of sealing ritual to keep it all contained to this one, the board and just keep it right, right there in the crawl space. But, uh, the first time Darren ends up using the board and he, he, he doesn't even ask questions. He doesn't do anything with it. He just puts the planchette on the board and the planchette rapidly starts going from Z to O, Z to O, Z to O, Z to O. So, it didn't take long to figure out that this was an entity that wanted to make contact with him. So Darren did what any logical person would do, and he starts to open a conversation with it. When he made contact, it acted like a long-lost friend. During one session, it claimed that it could take him and his girlfriend, Jamie, to paradise. And apparently they had asked, well, where, where is paradise? And it spelled out hell. That's not a good sign. No, no. It's it's funny that you bring up that like the encounters with Zozo uh, start off so like innocent. Yeah. So uh, benign, if you will, because like I'm doing an episode, doing research on an episode of a of a exorcism here in St. Louis. And it talks about the different stages of possession, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it—I literally have it written down, which is, which is funny. But it says, um, "Where the hell did I put that?" Um, it talks about like the second stage, which is an infestation. They're normally small and subtle, and easy to write off as imagination or other happenings. They keep it, they keep it this way, keep it on friendly terms in order to become more of a dominating presence. The more the more open you are to it, that by makes sense. It not being threatening, the more it can leach itself into your life. And then once that gives it gets me in, goosebumps bad. Once it gets in deep enough, then it starts just fucking shit up. It gives me goosebumps because like I, it makes me think back to like what I was going through there for a little while. It's because I it's so it's so funny like that things line up. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when you said that, I'm like, man, I just, I, I almost wrote that word for word from my research. That is weird. <clears throat> uh, anyway. Yeah. Back, back to Kyle. Uh, I didn't write this down, but I want to kind of reiterate it because it's kind of interesting. And I'm not, don't fucking quote me on this shit, but I'm, the, the writer Be goes in. Be a better in, person, Kyle. Yeah. The, the writer, <laughs> the writer goes in on um, how there actually was a paradise in hell, that it was created there by God or whatever. And that's where the saints were, et cetera, et cetera. So the, and it was a protected place, like the demons and stuff couldn't get to it. So I thought it was pretty. I thought it was a little fun fact. I enjoyed reading that. It was it was different. I've never heard that before. But anyways, moving on. Um, not long after you know making contact and going through some of this shit, things obviously start to spiral out of control. Jamie, which is Darren's girlfriend, almost had her house broken into, which seems ironic to say the least. But what makes it creepy is that the board had actually warned them that they were being watched through their window. Not to mention, at first, like anyone would have done, they they just kind of shrugged this statement off. They're like, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, shortly after this, Jamie, his girlfriend, ends up walking into the kitchen and literally sees a blind man staring at her through the window. So they call the police. They make a report. It didn't take long. The police actually ended up catching the guy. And the police officer was talking to Darren and his girlfriend. And they were kind of just bullshitting a little bit. And he was like, yeah, this guy just broke out of a mental institute. And the police officer was explaining and just kind of making chatter at this this point. But he kind of, he kind of uh, chuckles at this next statement. Because he doesn't understand the gravity of it, but it ends up basically shattering Darren's world. The officer said that they had questioned the mental patient as to why he had left the hospital. And the only thing this guy said back to the police was, the devil made me do it. (laughs) I mean, talk about irony, right? That's so... And I mean, it, it, it like it, it rattled Darren just straight up shook him to his core. Like, wait a minute. No way. No way. But even, even with all that terrifying, it is even with all that though, Darren still continues to have conversations with the entity. One night after a few drinks, Darren starts to get a little ballsy and he starts asking questions. One of the more relatable questions is, what should I call me and my friend's metal band? Hell yeah. I'm yeah. doing the secret Satanist hand signal right now. Facts. It responds with iron tongue. Of course, like anybody, Darren was like, dude, this name is fucking sick. He's basically like, thanks, homie, for hooking me up. Like, I get with this. At this point, Darren was once again convinced that him and Zozo were on good terms. They were straight. Of course... Darren was wrong because shortly after this, uh, his baby girl ends up becoming sick with MRSA and the baby's tongue ends up swelling up. So like it fills its mouth and it becomes stiff as a board. And then Darren remembers back to the iron tongue reference. That's weird. Like that would, that would, that would terrify me because, and and Steve, you're no different. I think uh, just about every parent would be like, 
once things start fucking with your kids, like yeah. you, you have entered a whole new world, in-game. whole new realm. So at this point, Darren was beginning to think this entity wasn't the best thing in his life. Good, that, good that, call, Darren. Yeah. That it was more or less causing these things to happen, yet making it appear as though it was warning him of things to come. One of Darren's friends who was around when the board was being used decided to ask the dumbest question you could ever ask any type of fating process. Dummies. What do you think that question was, Steve? What's the dumbest fucking question can you ask? Uh, when am I going to die? <laughs> Bingo. He says... How am I? How am I going to die? Close enough. It tells him in a car wreck. <laughs> Shortly after, Randy became depressed. He begins using drugs and alcohol to cope with all the shit going wrong in his life. One night, while doped up, he got into his car, apparently floored it, shot straight down the road, <sighs> slammed right into a tree, killing him instantly. Well, how does that make you feel? Here's another one. It gets worse. Another friend, Michael, was told that he would be murdered. And sure as shit. Given, now, given it was several years later, Michael was found dead in his apartment due to poisoning. And unfortunately for Michael's case, the case still remains unsolved. That's fucked up. Yeah. They were never able to figure out who killed Michael. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure if there is a full book on this story, um I'm sure there are more accounts in it. This is what I got out of it. But nevertheless, still fucking terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. This um uh, you have anything you want to say about that, Steve? No, I'm just just thinking like if that's a coincidence, it's a pretty fuck coincidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, this next story that I have, uh, it, it rings a bell for me. I'll see if you end up picking up on it later. But it's called Demon Mirror. Or at least that's what I named it. I'm not sure that's what it's called in the book. Anyways, it involves this uh, single mother named Allison. And she, her and her 15-year-old son were basically looking for a fresh start. They wanted to go to a new community, a new home, new everything. They just wanted to get away from the past and start fresh. Once you know, once they got to where they were going, they end up looking at this house in this small town. And as soon as they entered the house, the son James, he could just feel something wasn't right here. Like, Mom, I'm not trying to fuck with this place. I don't want to be here. And uh, I don't blame Allison. You know, she starts to kind of to to console him and just reassure him that, listen, it's just moving jitters. It's being in a new community, a new house. There's nothing to worry about. So they start unpacking and begin to settle for the day. They both went to their rooms and fell asleep that night. Well, that night, Allison was woken up by the sound of footsteps in the hall. Alongside hearing uh, someone whisper. So she starts to freak out, thinking that someone had broke into her house. So she gets up, and she goes over to the doorway. And I, I totally can can relate to what she's doing right now. Because obviously your first, your first reaction is going to be to get to your child. But at the same time, because she opens, she gets over to her door, she opens the door. 
looks into the hallway where she hears the noises, and there's nothing there. So she's staring into a pitch black hallway, and she ends up just kind of quieting down, kind of shutting off everything, and she's staring in the darkness, being as quiet, quiet as she can, and just basically focusing all of her hearing to try to hear the faintest sound, which I, I can totally relate with. She sees the hallway doorknob start moving, which goes into a closet. And then all of a sudden, it, it starts opening and closing repeatedly. So she turns the light on just like everybody would do. And this works. The light comes on. Nothing else happens. There's no person standing there. There's no more movement. Just a closet with a few unpacked boxes inside. Of course, she plays it off. And, you know, I'm, I was tired. I was probably seeing things. You know, it's whatever. It's another logical response. And it's definitely something that I would do. So, go ahead. Back back to this. Back to the... The, uh, the story you're working on? Yep, back to the... Story I'm looking into. It talks, says, I, I wrote this down. Infestations are normally small and subtle, easy to write off as imaginations or other odd happenings. The same way we regard bumps in the nights to a house settling or shadows in the corner as a trick of light in our eyes. I mean, I yeah, I can, I can exactly, fuck with it. Yeah, it's exactly what she's doing. All right, so the next night, things get out of hand again. This time... She wakes up with something standing in her room. And she, for whatever reason, she knew it wasn't an intruder. It was a humanoid figure. Two arms, two legs, a head. It was pure black. It was darker than the darkness in her room, which we've heard countless times when it comes to shadow people and stuff like that. And she says that she clearly feels that this is pure evil. Whatever this is, it's pure evil. As soon as soon as this thing realizes she's looking at it, it shoots out of the room insanely fast. But as it passes the mirror in her room, the mirror shatters and explodes all over the place. <laughs> Once again, she turns on every light. She heads down to her son's room to check on him. Thankfully, everything's okay. You know, he's sound asleep. So Allison sits on the couch all night long contemplating on what to do. Once the sun breaks, she picks up the phone, goes through the book, and contacts a medium. She explained everything that was going on in the house, and the medium seemed to ha you know take it very seriously. The medium suggested that the evil entity had entered her home through the mirror. Unfortunately, it had also destroyed that bridge as well which meant this entity wanted to stay. But the medium promised to show up as soon as possible to help with the situation. I didn't think about that. What? Destroying the mirror. Yeah, like as, as a bridge? Yeah. What else? I'm Talked about, about to, mirrors. I'm about to take all the mirrors out of my house. Oh, remember Igris talked about mirrors. Yeah, yeah, distrust of mirrors. Yeah. So, and that, 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 was, that was the first thing that fucking popped That's, off in my head. Uh, 
But uh, because you know, Everybody, in a lot of lore, there's a lot of lore that mirrors our gateways. It, it's, it's funny, with the Fae and stuff like it's that. It's funny that everybody's terrified of Ouija boards and doesn't want to fuck with Ouija boards. But every single day of your life, ever, you look at a mirror. You look in a mirror, right? Um, there's that meme that goes around like if you have a uh, television in your bedroom and when it's shut off, it's essentially just a, oh just god, a mirror. yeah. And I think there's there there's also lore around the television screen the old television screens because i don't know that many of the new ones do that though do they do what have uh, that reflection uh not not like they used to yeah not like still they used a little to. a little bit but so there, there's also something to do with like i used to talk to the demon that lived in our old television when i was little <laughs> so used to have my mom all fucked up isn't there something to do with black mirrors too not yeah. not the tv show but yeah the, like, like when actually black like mirrors. when a television shut off yes 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 a black mirror yes i'll google it while you're going on <laughs> uh anyways you know help the the medium promises to show up and help but help couldn't come fast enough because the same that night it gets worse you know allison was sitting on the couch watching some late night tv and all of a sudden she begins to feel this weight on top of her and it gets heavier and heavier and right before she feels like she's basically about to be suffocated, the the force lets up. The next day, the medium shows up after scouting the house, and she said she was able to make contact with this said entity. This entity admitted that it was a demon, and that it had just crossed over from hell itself. The medium then did a blessing ceremony, and on... The art she did a blessing ceremony on the home and told Allison to remove all of the mirrors from the house. And Allison did that. She did everything the the medium had asked of her. But Allison did something else that I if I wasn't so lazy, I would give her a standing ovation right now. Because you know what Allison did? She fucking moved. She said, I'm out. She left. Had a had a girl. Right? How many stories? No, I'm good. How many stories do we hear where they stay? They're like, you know what? I did it all. It's it's gone now. It's gone now. And they stay. No, Allison's like, you know what? Fuck this house. Fuck this town. I'm leaving. She just bounced. Yeah. I love it. Her and her son packed all their shit up and got out that day. I love it. Oh, man. I am so proud of you. That's So that's fucking proud of you. Alpha move. I'm telling you, dude. I am telling you. Absolutely smartest thing you could do. She just rolled the fuck out. Um, moving on here to the next story. This one just caught my attention because it's so it's off the wall. I know I've subtly heard this before, and it's always in this these fun chatter corners of the conspiracy world. But this story is actually supposedly about Beyonce and how Beyonce openly admits that she has an inner demon, and it's called Sasha Fierce. So in 2018, which is pretty recent, Beyonce's former drummer, Kimberly Thompson, files a lawsuit against Beyonce. And in this lawsuit, she claims Beyonce cursed her and used black magic, among other... You know, and and that, that was one of the many things that was in the lawsuit. I remember reading this. Kimberly claims that she had loss of jobs, theft of homes, murder of pets, magic spells on lovers, and numerous broken relationships because of Beyonce and her demonic ways. Kimberly even had a real fear of Beyonce. 
she ended up getting a restraining order against her. Then you have the madness of Beyonce and Jay-Z together. You know, there's all this talk that Jay-Z is in the Illuminati, which this kind of all originated in the 90s, which he claims it's just something he made up. Even though now to this day, you know, Beyonce will throw up the same sign. What I find interesting in this book is that it points out one of Beyonce's songs. It's called Formation. And she calls out the Illuminati shit by saying it's corny. Which, like, it may, it initially makes me feel kind of sussy. Like, you're, you are so... The fact that she's even acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah, like, because everybody clapped at her for it about being in the Illuminati and throwing up the signs and this, that, and the other, that she makes a statement about it. Like, you're literally one of the biggest artists on the planet. Yeah, you don't even have to speak on it. No, not at all. Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I don't know. Anyways, it's whatever. With that argument in mind, though, you know, she has yet to deny this quote-unquote 
personal demon that shares the stage with her. She literally calls it Sasha Fierce. So you're going to snub out any claims of the Illuminati, yet you'll openly talk about your personal demon, Sasha. Apparently, she created this alter ego to help with stage fright. And now, I, I understand that people are different. We operate differently. We have different outlooks on life, uh, the whole nine, right? But it, what's funny is that me and Steve, not not to that grand scale, but we've actually we've dealt with stage fright, right? Yeah. Easy, because we used to be in a band. We played in, you know, what, maybe a, a, hundred, a couple hundred people at the fucking most. Um, and it, and it, it is a real thing. Stage fright is 100% a real thing. But for me and Steve, all of that went away when the first note dropped. Like, it was all gone. Everything. Like, we were right where we were fucking supposed to be. It is, it is kind of weird, though, because, like, the way she describes it as having this alter ego, it almost is like we flipped a switch. When we were up there. That's true. You know what I mean? That is true. That because... is true. But I I never, like, I would never acquaint it to, like, having this all. Well, I mean, I guess you kind of do have an alter ego. No, we, but we never, we never put it in the context that she's putting it. Right. But, correct. Correct. But look, in theory, it is, I mean. I wouldn't it, call it, it possession. No. Not for us anyways. No. And I definitely wouldn't have said, well, back then we probably would have said that. However, to be a hundred, like not, not putting on an act, but no, I never would have been like, yeah, it was a, de- a demon and engulfs me while I play. Yeah, I, I agree. But it is like the way she describes it, it does kind of strike a chord. Like when, whenever yeah, we yeah, were up you're right. there, if we, we were, we were different people. Well, we played, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and the way she's describing it, it's almost like she's creating, like it's the beginning steps of creating a tulpa. How she's how she's like manifesting this. Well, hold that thought because it does it does expand, and it's not tulpa. And th- this is obviously supposed reports, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you got to kind of roll with it here. But, anyways, Beyonce makes a similar statement in a way. You know, she says in two thousand in in a, in a two thousand eight interview for Mary Claire. Beyonce shares that she has an out-of-body experience. She's fearless and doesn't feel her face or body, which is very weird because I don't understand it whenever, you know, because she does a lot of movement as she's performing, I assume, like dancing and this, that, and the other. And I feel like it'd be really fucking hard. Uh, it is not. A- it'd be like, because I've, I've been to that point in drinking where you start to lose all all cognitive ability, you can't move, and this, that, and the other. I don't like it at all, and I definitely can't function. And then I've also had uh, adrenaline dumps, where your adrenaline dumps so hard, uh, your legs and stuff start to feel noodly, and then you feel like you can't run, like because your legs are all just flabby feeling. So that, that I mean, and that could just be a fucking description, right? That could just be something she attributes to the 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 rush. That you get because it is a different feeling when you're performing like that in front of people. It's it's crazy. Um, she but she she says that this Sasha completely takes control during these performances, and according to the to the this book that I'm reading, there is a pastor Rayford L. Johnson, and he says 
that he has exercised many demons in this career and on more than one occasion when asking the demon's name he gets Sasha Fierce in return that's weird that's weird that is weird you know because you you make a good point and it's a point that I didn't think about when reading it you know because I was trying to justify our stage fright going away yeah when that when that first note dropped, but you spun it in a different direction of like, you know what? Yeah. You, you, you do kind of create a persona in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. It is a whole different feeling up there. It really is. And I, and I, I mean, you can, you could almost interpret it as something else taking over. Yeah. If you wanted like, if you really wanted to stretch it, okay, cool. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Right. I could see how it could be interpreted in that way, especially if you have a person where she openly admits to just letting herself being taken over. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're opening yourself up to that. That that gives whether whether or not it's your alter ego or whatever, you're kinda just letting letting whoever wants to come in come in. And 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 like also uh point out like when Beyonce says something like that, especially if she does legitimately use the word demon, that's that's fucking weird because it doesn't fit her genre at all. Now, if someone like Marilyn Manson or some of the the crazy metal bands were to make that comment, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Like this is this is your your character that you've built for like when you play. Like I totally, I w- not that I would believe it anymore or less. It's just that it would make make sense, right? That. Someone in that nature would say that. But when Beyonce says it, it's just kind of like, okay, this is a little weird. This is weird. Just, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting one. It's not one that I've really heard much about. Like dive into it. It's It sounds crazy, dude. Sasha Fierce, it's such a... Such a strange... It is weird. Name. But uh now I'm like digging through anagrams of Sar- Sasha Fierce trying to see what words they make up and <sighs> it's probably not good. No. But so that's that's essentially where I was going to end this story until I went to the table of contents and I read through the chapters in the book and I found one that stuck out to me because of who me and Steve are. And I'm like, you know what? I've got to at least read this one. I've got to read it. Because me and Steve could easily sit here for another 13 minutes and bullshit about the stories and everything else is easy peasy. But I saw the title of this story and I'm like, I've got I've got to read this. And I end up reading it and I'm like, yep. Fucking writing about it. <laughs> and it made me really, really excited about this episode because if I, if... If any of you have been around, which isn't very long, but long enough to listen to our episodes we did on the the Chris Bledsoe case, I feel like it directly ties into this here. If, if you're in the same wavelength as me and Steve, and at the very, very least, uh, just hear me out because it is... Aside from that, it is a very, it's an incredible story. 
but it involves a Kelly Cahill. She was born was a born again Pentecostal Christian who without question believes that God is a hundred percent in control of her life. But the things that took place on August 8th, 1993 fucking put her faith to the test. So that day, Kelly and her husband were driving on a, a desolate road headed for a birthday party. As they were driving, Kelly looks out the window and sees this this orange ring of lights in the middle of a field. After passing it, Kelly tells her husband, because she was the only one that seen it on the way to the, the birthday party, and she didn't think much of it at the time, you know, but she gets to thinking about it more on the way there. They get to the birthday party, and she tells her husband and the friends about it, and they all start poking fun of her. You know, making fun of her, giving her a hard time. So she just kind of shuts down, reels it in, and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. She's whatever, I'm done. After the party, they get in, you know, Kelly and her husband Andrew get into the car and head back on that same road. And all of a sudden, they come up to a roadblock. Only... It wasn't a normal roadblock. There was an object hovering above the road, all lit up with observation windows facing the vehicle. Because at this point, Andrew has stopped, and he ends up swallowing his pride, and he's like, oh, my God, you're right. You weren't lying about that. I stand corrected. Yeah. So... Kelly all of a sudden thinks she sees movement in these observation windows. And no sooner did she speak those words, this craft takes off, just shoots out of sight. So they sit there, they collect her thoughts for a little bit and start to head home. A few minutes later, the craft returns. Now it seems like it's bearing right at him. It's just coming right at him. Kelly turns to Andrew and is like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm just going to fucking keep driving. I'm out. The next thing Kelly remembers is sitting in the car with Andrew on the roadside hours later. They have classic missing time. Kelly asked Andrew what happened. And his response, which gives me fucking chills to the core, is literally something I would come up with. It's just so mundane. So once again, picture this in your head. They are sitting past a turn on the side of the road in the car together. Kelly's like, what happened? And he goes, I don't know. We must have gone too fast around the corner or something. And it's hours later from when this originally happened. Just trying to write it off. That's it. Just go back to bed. Just go back to bed. <laughs> yep, and and Andrew seems extremely content with leaving it at this point. Like he's like, no, 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 no. Like we're good. <laughs> this is it. Just like shh. But for whatever reason, even though she couldn't remember, Kelly knows she could feel that something was off. Something was wrong. So they begin to drive. You know, they they get back onto the road, start driving home again. 
and Kelly witnesses a tall, dark figure on the side of the road. At this point, Kelly tries to convince herself that what she saw was nothing more than a person out for, because at this point it's like right before the sun starts to come up. Still dark, but it's, you know, it's, it's getting ready to be sunrise. Kelly just is like, maybe somebody was out for an early morning walk, yada, yada, yada. But deep down, she knew that she was just justifying, like just trying to write it off. And she was right because there was something more to all of this. And out of nowhere, her memories start to break this barrier that's holding it in, and they all come rushing forward. After they had turned that corner, they saw the craft had landed this time. It was out in the middle of a field, to which Andrew pulls the car over, and they begin to walk over and investigate the craft. And it even states that it was almost like it was almost like they were unknowingly being persuaded to come do this because they both knew we should not be doing this, but for whatever reason, they're doing it. Like they were hypnotized. Almost. Because Almost. I, I've I've kind of started fiddling with accounts where, like, alien abductees are essentially hypnotized into doing shit that they wouldn't normally do. I could. I could in these scenarios. I could fuck with that. Yeah. I really can. Um. But at this point in the story, Kelly notices this is what makes it even. More bizarre. So they're walking over to the UFO to check this thing out. First mistake. Kelly notices another car had pulled over behind them. And the entire carload of people were also getting out to look at the UFO. So now you've got more than just Kelly and Andrew. Right? So Kelly turns back to the craft and then notices this uh, roughly seven-foot-tall figure standing in the distance. But she knew that this thing wasn't human. She also knew that it scared the living shit out of her. But for some reason, she felt compelled to try to make contact with it. And she ends up, which is... Don't. It's so fucking bizarre that she feels compelled to make contact with it, but at the same time... She doesn't try to speak with it. She tries to channel all of her thoughts to this thing. And as she's doing this, it turns around and faces her. And Kelly, stop. Right. She, it turns around and faces her. It has glowing red eyes. And this thing begins to walk towards her and Andrew. She turns to her husband and screams, they have no souls. But as soon as she said this, Dozens of these motherfuckers start swarming her and Andrew. They they start coming at them from nope. every single direction. Nope. And at, this this is where it also gets fucking weird. The whole story is weird, but here's another oddity. So you the, you have this this large group of of dark entities moving towards Kelly and Andrew, and then right before they are all going to converge, one of these groups break off and start heading toward the other carload of people. 
and Kelly ends up screaming at them, saying they're evil and they're going to kill us all. Right after this, she was hit super hard. It knocks her down, and it almost knocks her unconscious. She said she had to basically fight to stay awake at this point. My guy Andrew, he's trying to fight these things off. He's scared as fuck because she's like, you can hear it in his voice. But he's screaming at him, struggling with him, you know, saying, let me go. And it responds to him with, we don't mean you any harm. Nice lie. And so Andrew calls him on it. He's like, well, then why did you hit Kelly? It responds with just pure achiness. Because at this point, I'm reading the story, right? I have no idea where this is going. I'm, I'm just completely enthralled in the story. I just read it. And I shouldn't have read it. It says, I wouldn't harm her. She's my daughter. And then I take this next part directly from the book because it hits it hits good. Right. And I don't I don't want to put it in my own words. I want to use this because it hits so good. The being and this is from Kelly. The being had somehow sensed the prayers that she had been silently uttering, invoking the name of God the Father. And by saying that she was its daughter, it was attempting to mock her. Did I tell you all? <laughs> How fucked up is that? Have I not been saying this? How fucked is since that? Since the Bledsoe case? Oh, it gives me goosebumps. Gives me goosebumps. I, mic drop. Dude, this is why I said I was so excited because it literally is almost, figuratively speaking, almost word for word what we talked about. How ironic. Do I, do. How ironic. That's where I stand on it. Dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. Fight me. If you think these things are good, fight me. (laughs) Soon we'll have two belts. We will, I will defend the belt forever, forever dying on the hill that these things are not good beings. These things are not light beings. These things are not love and happiness and all this other fucking bullshit. No, I would argue that some of them probably are. No, fuck them too. Okay, we'll fight them too. (laughs) But so with that being said, at this point, her and Andrew get split up. And she begins to feel super nauseous, and she loses consciousness for a minute. This being that had spoken to her earlier could now be heard saying, we are peaceful people. Kelly, I mean, I give her fucking mad props because she's steadfast in her belief. She does not give a shit what these things tell her. And she begins to yell at everyone, because I'm assuming that when they say everyone... The other carload got taken as well. So all of them are in this craft. And she yells at everyone, don't believe them. They're going to steal our souls. At this point, one of the entities said, would somebody do something with her? (laughs) Basically, shut the fuck up. So one of these beings ends up putting its hand on her shoulder. And she becomes, she she was overcome with disgust because... She's in her head. She's like, this being has no fucking right to touch me. I'm in God's care. And that whatever these things are, they have no rights with me, period, the end. And almost 
and and Kelly, Kelly, I'm telling you right now, Kelly's a fucking badass because almost as if by by saying this to herself, she she whether it is God or or whatever entity or maybe just herself empowering herself, she once again starts fighting back. How dare you? How dare you put terror in the hearts of these innocent people? Get out of here. You hear me? In the name of God, get out of here and go back to where you came from. And at this moment, Kelly notices that Andrew is being led away by another being. So she gets the fuck up, runs over, and tackles this motherfucker. <laughs> tackles him. I love it. Now... If we ever need if we ever need a trios partner for the for the titles, I'm calling Kelly. We got we got. I'm calling Kelly. <laughs> she don't give a fuck, dude. Now, it doesn't go into detail, but it makes me wonder because it says after she she tackles this thing, she blacks out. There could be a lot of reasons why she could have blacked out. She did take a nasty hit earlier, so she could have been fighting, you know, unconsciousness the whole time. Or how many times have we heard that they do have the ability just to basically put your ass under? Oh yeah. So it's kind of hit and miss, but like when, the, the Pascagoula incident, like he called it the what did he call it the, the shot that they gave yeah, him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just fucking. But after this, you know, later on she comes too, and it's almost like these this fucked. It's almost like these things were still trying to convince her. They still are trying to sell her on them being good, et cetera, et cetera. Because when she comes to, I'm assuming they put they. I don't know how they do it, but imagine, imagine they create a world around you. They are making you see things that aren't real, and they're making her see. And and they fuck up. They fuck up because she sees one of them laying face down on the ground and all of a sudden it morphs into a human that's terrifying and all of a sudden a middle-aged woman begins to point at kelly and scream murderous you murderous and 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 something that i don't i don't remember if it was the author or if it it was kelly herself but it strikes one of them because nobody in today's lingo would use murderous Oh, that they had lingo yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. But anyways. I've heard that in other cases too. That they use old school lingo yeah. versus new? Yep. Weird, like old like I know murderous isn't that old, but there there are accounts of people who are interacting with these beings and they're they'll be like old English yeah. type of talking and shit like that. But the next thing she knows is she's in a small room. And this being is telling her, you didn't kill anybody. We had to try to use your own sense of morality to help you overcome your fear. Which just seems it's, fucked. It's then, so weird. This is even weirder, right? So take a sec. When I, when, I, when I read this next part, take a second to let it kind of absorb. That's the second abduction case. There was one that I was looking into for a future episode. I know I keep talking about future episodes, blah, blah, blah. But it's the second abduction case where they, they basically did a fear check. 
Like they they that's tested weird. people. That's weird. For their fears. I think I subtly remember you talking to me about this. Yeah. Now you say yeah. that. Also, it also has to do with the whole hypnosis thing. Right. Fuck, I got to write that episode now. So, like I said, let this next part kind of absorb a little bit. Because I don't think the author smacks on this too much. But I'm going to. After they go through the fear part, this being hands over Kelly's Bible. Which had in fact disappeared from her home prior to this encounter. Then it gives it to her and and more or less says, you know, let's deal. You can come with me, but you'll have to leave your Bible behind. Now, why... I understand. I understand the implications if you looked at it through the lens of this alien, or what we'll just call it alien for lack of better description. If you look at it through the lens of it being a demon, I understand this aspect of it, especially this whole deal section, yada, yada, yada. You know. And of course, of course, Kelly views this as a massive fucking red flag because of her, not only because of her background, but her steadfast faith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a huge red flag to be given an ultimatum like, yo, you can come with me forever. I don't know they specifically said forever, but you can come with me. You just have to leave this Bible behind. But the thing, the thing that stands out to me the most is that her Bible had gone missing. That's as exactly prior. What I was thinking, and and like I said, the author didn't smack on this too much, and I understand he's just—it's not his responsibility to do that. He's kind of reiterating a story here, but uh, we have a little bit easier of a platform to do this. I mean, uh, look at those implications. That—that that is, it ties. I mean, I know people hate when I tie everything together, like all sorts of all the aspects of the paranormal together. But you hear so many times in poltergeist activity and shit where things come up missing. Yeah. And this is not the first time you've had this conversation in the past, like, week. No. It It is just further fuel to the fire that all of this is tied to one singular larger phenomenon. It probably is. Like the more, the more we dive down into it, the more I'm kind of starting to fuck with that idea. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that demons and, and aliens are the same thing, but I, I, I am starting to fuck with the idea that there is, there's something like you said, kind of connecting the dots among everything. Yeah, there is. I feel, I, I don't know what it is and I'm not claiming to know what it is. But I feel like there's one singular phenomenon at the center of all this weirdness. Whether it be some government psyops, whether it be some uh, off uh, intergalactic fucking psyops, interdimensional psyops, but it's tying all this together because it's not the first account we've heard of... Uh, uh, say say a town with tons of UFO activity, then all of a sudden it starts to morph into poltergeist activities yeah. where people get all kinds of weird fucked up energy in their houses. And it happened. It happened encounters. in Stardust. 
Yeah. He specifically exactly. talks about things exactly. moving shit on him. And it's happening more and more. You're hearing more and more accounts of it. Like, oh, well, we saw these lights in the sky. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like whatever is behind this is trying to blur the lines of all this paranormal phenomena where you can't pinpoint it anymore. Yeah. Look at Sir No Face. Yeah. That, that whole documentary started out as a ghost documentary. Yeah. And then it bleeds into every single realm you could possibly you could possibly even <laughs> think about. Yeah. No, that's like fact. it goes from a ghost documentary to a, an alien documentary to fucking conspiracy just, cover up, uh, men yeah, in black, out of this world, all that shit. Uh, and it makes like is yeah, is it is is that being done purposefully? Could be. Absolutely, could be. Is is it is it the world government's trying to keep people from pinpointing this thing down? Right. Just keep the smoke, keep the smoke rolling where you can't figure out what the fuck is going on because. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, man, like, and it's a different offshoot of what you're saying here, but another another aspect of this could be is if this is a all knowing on omnipotent being, you you have to you have to assume that they their their intelligence is far beyond where we're at. They have the capacity of so much more than we do right now. And I beg the, I wonder if these things don't know how to really kind of fucking break us down because that Bible is going to be one of Kelly's most prized possessions, right? You know what I mean? If she's, if she is big into her faith, it's a huge Hell thing, yeah. right? That probably wasn't the terms I should use. <laughs> but it, it's a huge thing for her. It's going to be a big one. And what if there was some type of psychic? Because they've already tried doing psychic shit by making her see shit, et cetera, et cetera. What if, what if there was some type of it's it's like, like it's, obedience, like like if if you're willing to leave, like almost like if you're willing to leave this behind, I know I have you shattered and and you're in the palm of my hand type situation. Oh, yeah. Um like I, I just feel like there's a lot of different avenues. Let's let's just get the elephant in the in the room here taken care of. Let's tie it to to let's put it in perspective of of the the Bledsoe's encounter. Yeah. If if when that thing in Kelly's encounter said I wouldn't harm her, she's my daughter. If she took that in a positive notion where she didn't question this thing didn't question that it was reading her prayers and everything, and she took it as, okay, I feel safe now. This would be a second Bledsoe case. Oh, shit. And on top of that, on top of that, if you play that angle right now, by her leaving that Bible at home or wherever. Turns her. It almost makes that thing, quote unquote, God. Yeah. Yeah, and her. I'm. I am God. And now, now she's got no defenses. Yeah. Against it. Right. Yeah. Because 100%. she's she's accepted. She's a, she's submitted to it. Yeah, she has accepted that it is light. It is love. It is it right. Is, it oh, is essentially fuck, the dude, creator. That's fucked. Yeah. And if you if you rewind it to all the <laughs> shit that was happening with us when we were when we were questioning that encounter. Oh yeah, we it, got fucked with. It played into. Our vulnerabilities, 100%. which is oh, what it, it is doing goosebumps. to Kelly Ugh. by pulling into her her right. religious faith, which is what it did to Chris Bledsoe. Yeah, but he bought it as 
this is all good. This is all yeah. This is all good. Nothing nothing that's going on is bad. This is all going to be a positive thing. Where Kelly's like, this is fucked. I'm not buying into this. Right. Right. And just to clarify, I hope in Mr. Bledsoe's case, I hope we're wrong, and I hope it is a pure fucking light energy. I hope. However, I might feel uh, you know a, a different way, and I definitely with this case, I'm with Kelly. Fuck that thing. Obviously, obviously Kelly basically tells it to get bent, and she. The next thing she remembers is her and Andrew sitting on the side of the road. And believe it or not, her Bible ends up in the glove box of the car. Uh, I'd have it that, thing tested. Yeah, yeah that's a good it, point. I'd have it CSI'd. And apparently... It's kind of weird shit that's all over. Apparently, everybody there, including the other car load, can verify aspects of this story. Good. Good. So it, it's not just because, because let's be real. If if you read the whole story and then you read that last part that I just said about Kelly finding her missing book in the car, you could totally blame this on uh, a dream. You could totally blame it on maybe she was drinking, maybe they were smoking drugs, whatever the case may be. But the fact of the matter is. Not only can Kelly and Andrew verify, you know, they can't, and obviously everybody can't verify everybody's story because they, according to this, they were taken to different locations essentially and they all had different experiences. And, but the fact of the matter is, is that together as a whole, they create the story. I mean, it's, you, you have to think if by what they said is true and it was a full carload of people, that's at least six people involved. Oh, yeah. At oh, least six people involved, and if they can each if they can each corroborate a different part, there's there's where there's smoke there's fire. Fuck yeah! So I don't know. I just thought like when I read that, I I was blown away. I was like, same, holy shit! The same thing happened in was it the Hudson Valley? There was this huge rash of UFO sightings popping off, popping off just just recently, probably within the last ten years, and then all of a sudden all this poltergeist activity started popping off. People's houses started having shit moved around, hearing banging on the doors at night and banging on the walls and scratching in the walls, shit getting moved around, things disappearing. And then this woman started hearing disembodied voices in her basement. And when she went down there, nope. she said right as she went down, nope. there was essentially a portal in her basement and she saw two humans. Nope. She said they were humans. They had some sort of... Um, official like uniform on, but she couldn't recognize what uniform it was. As soon as they saw her notice them, they stepped through the portal and it closed. I would have shot a rocket launcher at them. Well, clearly she didn't have the tag team title belts, or they would had to. They would have to they, fight. They would have to fight on the spot. Yeah, automatic it's challenge. It's so weird. I did look up uh, the whole Black Mirrors thing. Obsidian or black mirrors were used ritually to spiritually access the Aztec underworld and communicate with the realm of the dead. The name of the important Aztec deity, Tezcatlipoca, Tezcatlipoca, I might be saying that wrong, but 
whatever, means smoking mirror, and he was apparently the supernatural embodiment of polished obsidian mirrors. Uh, Tezcatlipoca was the god of obsidian and sorcery, and the mirrors were also used by Aztecs priests to conjure visions and make prophecies. Yeah, so there's some old school lore around so, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the. I wasn't just making shit up. It's the. Did my research. Communicate with the dead and the underworld, which, I mean, the underworld kind of sounds like hell. Right. Right. Man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I don't know. If, I would like to find more stories like this. If all the phenomena, we need to, we need to sit down and record our take on Cerno Face because I feel like that's tied into this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I would like to try to reach out to him and like you, like you were saying, reach out to him and try to talk to him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if he's still fucking with all this, I'm sure that he would, because that is just, I feel like it's tied in that like. There is something. Either this phenomenon is all part of one central phenomenon or something wants us to think that it is. That is so much scarier. They want the water muddied so much that we cannot break apart and pinpoint what individually each of of these phenomena is. That's scarier than it being anything else. The fact that something out there is smart enough to try to play us. Yeah, that's terrifying. And then, not, not to mention, not only play us, but all, just have the ability to manipulate everything. And the fact that it, the fact that it is smart enough to like know your vulnerabilities and yeah. what you're you're it's most ex- afraid of, and then it pinpoints that. And like you said, it's exactly what happened to us. Yeah, it's exactly what exactly, happened because it went so. It went after our kids, and then it went after my wife. Yeah, yeah, and Bledsoe. Same thing happened. Yeah. Same thing happened when, I mean, it essentially separated him from his kids. Yeah. And then it went after his faith. Yeah. Here. It even went after his kid. Yeah. Went after his kid. Here, separated Kelly from her husband. Yep. And went after her faith. Boom, 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 boom. And Kelly, I mean, Kelly fucking rose the occasion on that. She didn't give a shit. She, yeah. Which hats off. That, I mean, the, the balls on you, girl. To get up and try to fucking spear a seven foot tall red eyed jet basically, black being. Basically Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash. Dude. If he was a demonic entity. Dude. Which he might be. Dude. Like And I'm I, not and, and then uh, I'm I wanna be clear here. I'm not going after Chris Bledsoe for his encounter. No, 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 no. Because I wasn't there. I didn't experience it. I'm just interpreting, 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 interpreting. Oh, yeah, same thing. It, how I see it. Yeah. Because. Well, that's, not, that's only fair. If I'm attacking anything, I'm attacking the beings because I don't feel like they are what he wants them to be. Right. So, no, and like I said earlier, I hope that we're wrong. I, I do. I hope that we are, but I know we're not. <laughs> I'm just throwing that the fuck out there. Anything that is all light, all knowing, all loving, all all everything does not have to sit there and convince you that they are. Right. Period. Right. The end. That's kind of how I feel. I don't know. I just thought it was a really outstanding story. Yeah. I'm so glad that I stumbled on it. That was that was solid. Bro, I told you it was, was fucking solid. it was crazy. Like it made my research that night. Yeah. I was just like, holy shit. I dig that. So good. So good. So please, 
if you're interested in these kind of stories, pick up this guy's book. Uh, what I say his name was Conrad Bauer. I found it on Amazon. His book was ridiculously cheap. It was like four dollars. But I did get the digital version. That's probably why. Regardless, though, cool stories, uh, really well written. I really enjoyed it. So I hope some of you uh, go check him out. Yeah, definitely, definitely pick it up. If those, if those, if those little tidbits were were interesting to you, yeah, pick them up. There's some other crazy stories in there. Uh, I've got another book of his that I will probably do in the future. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, cool fucking stories. I would really like to find more of stories like I just did because they're fascinating. Yeah, that was intense. I got, I got wild at the end. Dude, it was awesome. So absolutely awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us on this wonderful Monday. And check us out at all our socials. You know the drill. Until next time, stay safe, stay weird, and if the beings you're encountering are trying to convince you that they're good, they're not really that good. <laughs>